Yet I feel wonderful because I'm a woman now. Last year I was a man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ornate Stairwells, a podcast about bad movies, um, or a bad movie podcast, like every other podcast on the internet. I'm Autumn, and I'm joined as always by Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. Why did you pick this movie? Uh, before we get there, did you watch any other movies between episodes? Um, I watched one. Did... I have not put mine two on the spreadsheet, but you put one of mine on the spreadsheet, thankfully. Yeah. Um. I figure you can start making back and forth, because I have one. Yeah, 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 I'll start. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the first movie I watched, um, was The Princess Bride. Um, I guess we're just announcing this now. Um, because Nora announced it on Journal, and then we talked about it on Arcanum, which is going to come out weeks after this, I think, but regardless, um, Nora and I watched The Princess Bride, directed by Rob Reiner in 1987, which I'm saying so that Nia could type it in the spreadsheet for me, um, for a new Patreon podcast called Pop Town Funk. Wherein we uh, roll random Funko Pops and then have to like watch movies or TV shows um, that are like the basis of that Funko Pop. So like we rolled Andre the Giant. So we watched The Princess Bride. One of these days we're going to roll a Rick and Morty Funko. We're going to watch an episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have a couple rip cords to pull because there are a lot of random fucking athletes that we've never heard of in who have funkos um so it, but yeah it's kind of just export with some structure um yeah. that's gonna be a new patreon thing um it's going to involve a lot more of us suffering than export usually does <laughs> yeah um is this, is this in addition to or is this currently replacing the godzilla great question okay <laughs> that's, um, that's just a question that's just a question. Yeah. You can ask. Um, anyway. Why don't you not just highlight the whole sheet and have it wrap? <laughs> you may not want the entire sheet to wrap. Did you ever think about that? I want the entire sheet to just wrap. Anyway. Um. Doesn't matter. Um. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm the one who's normally weird about spreadsheets. <laughs> I recently made an entire other spreadsheet for planning that has the actual dates that we watch movies, because the fact that we don't have dates in here drives me nuts. We can add dates in here. I don't mind. The thing that... So, for me, I need the dates for, like, when we're recording in my head, and when the episode's going out. Uh-huh. But it would be kind of weird, because there's, like, a week gap between the yeah. Patreon and private. So, I'm fine with it not being in this, but... Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, we watched The Princess Bride. Um, as far as stairwells go, I'm gonna give this like a C plus. C plus, let's say. There are some stairwells. Um, you know, the big iconic, um, duel between Inigo and the Dread Pirate Roberts, um, as a stairwell. Um, at one point Inigo, like, runs down a set of stairs, and then at the end of the stairs, the one guy throws a knife at him. That's pretty, like, fun. It, they have stairs. They're serviceable. Maybe, like, a step above serviceable, you know, C+. Yeah. You like that movie? 
Yeah, it's fine. It's, I it's love a fun movie. movie. I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie um, with my whole entire heart. So my closest in age brother, his name is Wesley. Um, uh, and because of that movie, people say Wesley. Because mm. that was pronounced in that movie. Um, and so he always had a chip on his shoulder about that movie. So he didn't watch it a lot as a kid, but I remember liking it when I watched it. I have a similar chip on my shoulder about a movie, but I can't tell it to you because it's about my dead name. Obviously, yeah. I don't have a chip on my shoulder about a name that I chose for myself 24 years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you know, have I told you this before? No. Okay, I won't tell you. Well, well I'll you, tell you, you can tell me off air. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll text it to you right now. Okay. While you talk about this. Touching the skin of eeriness. Yeah. Um, I kind of watched this on a whim. There are a few movies that I wanted to watch. Um, I'm thinking about watching some of, cause I, I think I put in Love Brood in the African Pot by Kwa Ansa, um, or Kwa Ansa, um, for like next January we're going to watch it. Um, and I think I'm just going to go with that one, but I was thinking about maybe watching both of them and just like getting a vibe because there's two that I'm considering. Um, both of them you can find for free on YouTube, mm-hmm. but they were both like two hours long. Um, and I, I wanted to watch something last night, but I also wanted to go to bed. Yeah. Like at a reasonable time. Yeah. Um, and so I decided that I would pull this one, which is also streaming for free on, it's like cinematech.fr. It's like a, Lem is doing the normal Lem thing. Um, but yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of been hearing stuff about the director, um, Hamaguchi Yurusuke. Um, because, so, I, I would say, like, the one thing that I still sometimes a little bit pay attention to with, like, the Academy Award stuff is what, um, like, other countries are submitting for the, like, foreign film part. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes it's just kind of interesting to see, like, what does a film think is, like, Oscar material. Right. Right? And sometimes that tells you a lot about what's going on in that that cinema um and also sometimes it doesn't sometimes it's not really what's interesting it's just mm-hmm. what they think will win yeah um but I, I sometimes just find that interesting and i'll kind of not every year but sometimes i'll pay attention if i hear something like if i'm starting to notice a little bit of buzz around something mm-hmm. um or if i just have weird connections so there's like um Fosca, which is a irish language film that ireland is submitting um and i'm interested for two reasons one is that sinfang did the soundtrack and oh. I, I love that dude. Um, that's my boy. He's in my, my pantheon. Twitter, of, yeah, so. we're mutuals on Twitter, I guess. So you're basically best friends. Yeah. Um, he's in my pantheon of guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah. So part of it is, is that, but also it's very rare for a film to be made. Um, I think it's, like, entirely in Irish. Mm. Or is, like, mostly in Irish. And that's very rare. Most films are, are going to yeah. be in Because even, like, a lot of people in Dublin don't even speak that much irish um they might be able to read some like signs mm-hmm. that's about it um so i'm also kind of interested in that just yeah sounds know. interesting so i've i've been like watching waiting for it to show up any place that i can watch it um but anyway the another one that's been talked about is drive my car which is by hamaguchi Ryusuke. um and i i had like kind of vaguely heard of his name before but not seen talk like this around him mm-hmm. um and I guess this is based on a Murakami Haruki short huh. story. Um, and I, it feels like right now it's like one of the big picks that people are saying for the winner for, for foreign film. 
Should I read any um, Murakami? I haven't read any. Okay. Um, Emily's I, read a bunch. You could ask Emily. I read... I guess this won't be interesting to you, but maybe this will be interesting to a listener. I tried the Wind Up Bird Chronicle when I was 16. Um, and I think, I think probably I would have liked that book had I known what I know now, which is that, like, I have not finished a, like, prose book in a decade or more. Um, and had I listened to that book the way that I, you know, read everything that I read now, maybe I would have finished it. But when I was reading it when I was 16, I was like, I swear to God, if one more stranger tells his life story to the main character for no fucking reason, I'm going to throw this book out and guess what the fuck happened? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Sorry to interrupt. No, it's fine. Um, and so, yeah, part of it is like, I'm kind of interested in Japanese film. I'm actually not super keyed into like what's currently happening in Japanese film. Um, some of this is just because I kind of fell out of mm-hmm. movies for a while. Yeah. In general. Um, and so some of it is like, maybe this is a, a way in, like, this seems like a, a director who's being talked about. Yeah. Both around this film, but I've, like, seen prior to this. It's, like, definitely getting a big bump right now. Um, and I just saw, I forget what Twitter, I just find a, follow a bunch of Twitter accounts for, like, um, like, you know, the Music Box, the yeah. Gene Siskel Center in Chicago, the, like, Criterion Collection, Criterion Channel, uh, like vinegar syndrome, like all these. I just <clears> followed <throat> yeah. vinegar syndrome yesterday um, after they did the. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, God I was gonna promo it. this at the end, but I, yeah. f- I feel fine because I think a lot of people don't know vinegar syndrome. That, like everybody knows I, Criterion. Yeah, and I feel like a fair number of people in our circles know Arrow. Yeah, but I feel like very few people know vinegar syndrome, and it makes sense. They're like even smaller. They're really focused on like this is stuff that like Criterion would never probably look at. Mm-hmm. Honestly, them getting. Rebels of the Neon God feels like a get in that, like, that is something that I would more expect to someday possibly show up in a Criterion collection. Yeah. I don't think they've done any, like, Simon Long, and I don't think they would do that one first, but, like, um, I could see some Simon Long working its way into the Criterion collection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they got it through, like, another person who's helping preserve it. So the thing is, they, like, also, um, team up with like a lot of small okay. archives and things okay because um, i was seeing this other person and i don't have his name in front of me um, yeah. right now but there was another person whose name was attached and i didn't quite understand like doesn't he just work at the company or something yeah or no? no it's it's yeah right now if you go to their website um it's i think july's and december's they don't display any of the stuff that only they worked on they only do the ones that are through their partners um it's to help with like their backlog like trying to work through shipping because mm-hmm. they they're just a very small operation um so it helps them with shipping to mm-hmm. like not have to do the full stuff during two months um and it also helps them highlight like here are the people that we're working with and not just the stuff that we've done ourselves yeah um so if you go the, right there right now you won't get the full but i think there's like a link and you can see they have like a checklist that's like here's all the movies that we've done so you can still go look at all the movies that they've preserved should... but you can't buy them all I should look at that actually, because um, I, you sent me their release or the pre-orders for Rebels of the Neon God. As I was falling asleep, I literally like stayed awake long enough to pre-order this, and then yeah, out. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they're they're such a small thing, and Rebels of the Neon God is I, still probably the best movie, like our favorite movie that we've watched on the podcast, unquestionably. So um, there's some others that have gotten close, but like there's there's other stuff that comes close. 
Um, Wings of Desire um, comes close. The other things that come close are like Mulholland, which I had seen before. Of course, Mulholland's one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. It's been one of my favorite movies for years. You know, Wings of Desire and Rebels of the Neon God are the two best movies that I hadn't seen before this podcast. For no question yeah no question um but like and i feel like some of the other ones that are like oh that's a good one that we would talk about are ones that are like you know criterion or something like people people know the people who are preserving it yes um and i feel like a lot of people wouldn't even know that there's a blu-ray now of rebels and the neon god which is like I don't think this has existed, or if it did, you had to like get like a it PAL exists- version or like a yeah, yeah. It existed in Taiwan. Yeah. Um, um. So this is like released in the U.S. Um, it's great. So yeah. Um. Anyway, to get back on topic, touching the skin of eeriness. So one of those, I have no idea which one, retweeted that you know the director of this like big movie people are talking about, drive my car. Um. I think it was specifically the the thing that it was originally created for in Japan, where they were originally hosting it for free, shut down, and then this like thing in France decided to preserve it or like mm-hmm. keep it running basically. So it like moves sites, but you can still watch it. And so it was this thing being like, "Hey, you can still go watch this." Um, and I was like, "Okay, it's like an hour. I don't know what to expect of this director. I'm just seeing people talk about it. This feels like a good way to check it out." Um, incredibly gay movie. <laughs> incredibly gay movie. So. The very, very beginning of this movie is just two boys who are in, like, a dance class. And they're doing this thing where they have to get as close as physically possible to each other. Like, to try to get, like, as absolutely close as they can to each other without touching. Mm-hmm. Um, while the, like, instructor is saying things about, like... I mean, this will continue on, so there's, like, later scenes where it's, like... Um, they're practicing having rods that they're holding, like, between their chests and stuff. Um... And then they took it away, but then he was, like, telling them to imagine that the rod is still there and the way that it, like, expands and contracts. Like, think about rods expanding and contracting and, like, the ways that they are multiplying and, you know, all of the rods. And I was just like, this is, this is a lot. This is a lot. Listeners can't see the face that I'm making right now, but I'm making many faces. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th- there are multiple images that this, like, film is pulling. Let me just... This is Ollie. Ollie's being a jerk. Um, anyway. Um. Oh, sorry, I thought I shut that the first time. Sorry. You get, yeah, you gotta, like, really push the door. Anyway. Um. Yeah, so, so that's, like, the start of it. Um, and th- there's a moment at the very beginning where they accidentally touch, and then the, the, uh, dance instructor's, like, Maybe touching sometimes is part of it. And I'm like, God, this is fucking gay. <laughs> this is so gay. This is gay. This um, is gay. Yeah. In a very good way. But, and so then, like, there's there's a little bit more plot, but a lot of it is these images. So the other thing that gets brought in, um, so it's like, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit at the beginning. I don't, I don't know how much I'm spoiling about this because it, like, doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. It's just images. Yeah. Really. Um, it's like, isn't everything just images when you think about it? It like reminded me of a short film, except also it felt like it was a short film that was now in the process of being expanded into a a big, like a long feature Mm -hmm. film, but then just stopped in Mm -hmm. that process and like didn't get to any sort of completeness again. 
Um, the thing I found out after I watched it is I translated the French on the website and it said that this is an extended trailer for a movie. This, this came out in 2013, a movie that he still has not made. So he's not making that movie. Yeah. Sufjan's not making the other 47 state albums. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so that, that makes, made sense. Um, I still thought it was interesting though. So yeah, the other ones and they tie it together through these various systems. So like, are these like various connective tissue pieces the other thing is talking about this um archaic fish that has like these weird scales um that like still exists but like dates back to really long ago you know Mm -hmm. um it's like the arowana i think is another one that's like basically has hardly evolved at all in like thousands of years um and so there's all these like different people talking about it um and so then it gets tied to so the main character is um like his parents died and then he was taken in by his half brother and his half brother's girlfriend. Um, and they're kind of like watching him. And so it's like, they're, they're not old enough to like really be parent figures, but are still adults that mm-hmm. can like take care of a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Um, in that sense. Um, and so like we get a scene of like right after the funeral for his parents where, um, then he's laying in the road which we then later see, like, tie into some of the dance that he does is the way that he'll, it'll, like, start with him laying down like this. Um, and then he's, like, dodging all the moves that his half-brother is doing to try and, like, touch him mm-hmm. um, and, like, catch him and get him back in the car and then, like, running off. Um, and then we, like, also get this story of, like, his half-brother was saying that, like, both of them, because they're related, have this thing that feels like the scale from this fish um on the back of their head and the half brother was like oh i was lying but because he said that both the his like half brother the main character as well as this this guy's girlfriend believed that they could feel it so it's all of this stuff of mm. like people tell these lies and then people believe them or like it changes the way that people are perceiving things um and there's a lot of stuff around like a lot of the film is around like trying to get as close as you can to someone without touching them um, hey tea fields Kind of, but a lot better. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't want to like spoil the ending in case people want to watch this because there is there is a little bit of something that that comes about, but it is also very gay. Because mm-hmm. um, the boy that he's doing this dance with, that the main character is doing this dance with, has this girlfriend, but they like break up and stuff. And um, the way that it escalates is just very gay. It's just incredibly gay. Sorry, I um, like eight times. That's fine. <laughs> You're just bored about me talking no, about this I'm really not. gay movie. No, I'm not. Um, it's like an hour, so it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good. I think it's like worth checking out if people are are interested in it. But yeah, it it was just weird because I I knowing that it was an extended trailer made me feel a little bit more like oh, okay, like I understand what this is doing because I kind of yeah. watched it and I was like I want more. Yeah, but also I just watched an hour long thing. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really want more? Yeah. Yeah. Or do I just want it to have, like, wrapped stuff up a little bit more? Or, mm. and so the part that I find weirdest about it is if he ever makes this movie, am I going to completely change my opinion on this thing? Because right now I find it really fascinating as this incomplete thing about just, like, trying to touch people but never getting there. Mm-hmm. And that the film itself is a thing that, like, never really finally connects, even though there's all this connective tissue. Um, there are, like, all these ways that things are seeming to relate, but then it never, like, really connects and comes together into something. If a movie then does that, am I going to feel like that was less interesting and poetic? Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, it's weird. But it sounds interesting, though. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it. It sounds, um... 
I don't know what it sounds like. It sounds interesting. Um, the thing I thought about the most with this, um, because it it would be funny if it ended up being a very similar situation to like if it would have been funny if this French like if I had seen it right before it went down and then this like French place didn't bring it up and then it was literally just like the movie version of PT. <laughs> it's just like a trailer that like people talk about is like a great poetic work of art not so much with PD, like you know like this great thing yeah but it's like hard to get because it doesn't exist anymore because the people who made it like closed they right. don't exist anymore um and then like the thing that it's a trailer for just never comes because like things have changed in such a way that he never gets to make this movie that he wants to make that would be really funny to me That'd if this good. was if this That'd was film pt because <laughs> it's also the pt vibe of like that could have just been a thing. Yeah. You could have just finished whatever this was and made it like a, a short experience. Um, you, Jesus fucking Christ, Kat. Um, I really think that if you... Um, if no one ever said that PT was supposed to be a trailer for something and you cut out that last cutscene with Norman Reedus, people would just think that was the greatest horror game ever made. People already think that that's the greatest yeah. horror game ever made. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty fond of PT. Yeah. I couldn't get past... Um, there's a part where she grabbed me and screamed. Yeah. Um, and she makes this weird clicking sound, and I was playing it in a Chicago apartment. Maybe I could play it now. But I was playing it into a Chicago apartment that has radiators, like your new apartment, mm-hmm. and my radiators were making the exact same sound. And I was like, <laughs> I can't fucking handle this. I can't do it. Have I told you my story of playing PT? No, because I can't hand I can't handle scary video games. Period. In a yeah. sense, cannot do it. Um, but I was with um three of my friends from high school, and this was, I believe, after PT stopped existing. Maybe like a month or two, like not that long, to where maybe we thought it was going to come back. But for as as far as we knew, it didn't exist, and there was no word of it coming back. And you know, there's still no word. Anyway. Um, they all three had played it without me, because I was, it was like some high school friends, and it was like summer after the first year of college, I want to say, maybe, I don't know when it was. Um, and so they'd all played it like a week before, and I got out of college like a week after all of them. I came over, I played it. I couldn't handle scary games, but I had three people there to assure me. Uh, I had a really good time. It was like probably the only way I was going to be able to play that because since then I have tried playing a remake of PT that it, um, runs in um, like a Mac OS from like the 80s or something. And that was too scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, people probably know what I'm talking about. And I have no idea. It, but I still just have PT on my PlayStation 3. Okay. Um, but... um. So, but there's a part, there's a part where you go into the bathroom in PT. This is the story. This is the actual funny part of the story. There's a part where you go into the bathroom of PT and you wash your hands. And I was like, oh, that's the hands of the walk of the guy from The Walking Dead. And my friends, not knowing that I knew what PT was, are like, how did you recognize his hands? <laughs> my friends thought that I was such a Walking Dead obsessive <laughs> that I could recognize Norman Reedus's hands. <laughs> um, nice. I, 
should I rate this? So the thing is, I haven't normally I put in a, the rating. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, shortly after I watch the movie, like when I put it in the spreadsheet. I haven't because I have a question for you. Yeah. Do ramps going down into like a quarry area count? Um, It's like a bunch of like metal ramps. Yeah, I'd say so. With like, in the way that like a staircase will like, you'll go down the stairs and then there'll be like a landing and then yeah. more. Yeah. Okay. Then I think this is an A+. I think I guess okay. I put Metal Gear Solid Three on here a while back as a joke. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I regret that. Um. What is like the defining feature of like a stairwell to us? Is it ascent and descent, or is it like the visual of the stairs? Because I, I put Metal Gear Solid 3 on here as a joke about, oh, well, he's going up, so that's a stairwell. Yeah. I think that the ascent and descent is very important. Uh-huh. I think this is why elevators don't count, because shots in elevators, you don't actually get... It's people standing, it's not people okay. moving up and down. So the, If the you have phys- a shot of an elevator, you don't know whether they're moving up or down, unless yeah. you have, like, other cues. Yeah, okay. Because it's just a box. Yeah, okay. You know, so you need to see somebody like move their like physical body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you need to like have that clear ascent and descent as like an actual motion within the frame. Um, okay. That like they are doing within the space. Okay. Um, I think I think that's where I draw the line. Okay. And I think that's why I still don't feel comfortable with elevators, even yeah. though it would mean that like we would have to increase it for Elsa the Neon God, and that Sony Tino would probably get a good one too. Yeah. Okay. There's that great elevator scene. There is. You know it's a good movie. Sony Tina. <laughs> My favorite movie ever. It's pretty good. Um, uh, best movie ever made. Some might say that. <laughs> um, so I said it, I, I gave it an A+. Um, so yeah, there's multiple stuff that's shot in this, like, going down into... I guess it's actually into, like, a riverbed. Like, there's a, a river running... Mm-hmm. Um, which then ties into, like, the fish, because the fish was fun in the river that people are talking about. Um, it's also, like, they go and they dance down by the river. Mm-hmm. So we get, like, the dance. Um, and the the girlfriend will take photos. So there's one where they're dancing together, and the girlfriend's taking photos on her phone. And then she takes a photo of just the main character, which is not her ex, mm-hmm. later on. Um, and then, like, key moments in the film happen after that. So Okay. DuckTales, the film. <laughs> DuckTales, the movie. Treasure of the Lost Lamb. Um, that's a fucking movie. <laughs> that's a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to say it, though. It's not the best movie ever made. No, 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 no. Um, no. no. It's the best Disney movie ever made. I'll, I would believe that. <laughs> I would believe that. Um, um, I, I say that with... The Robin Hood, Fox Robin Hood being really hot. Why? Sorry, I'm one of those. Yeah, every lesbian is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know why you are. You're a yeah. fox girl. But like... I'm like a fox furry, yeah. Every every lesbian I know is like, oh yeah, the fox from Robin Hood. He's really hot. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he, he is. I haven't seen that movie since I had it on VHS. I suspect I would agree with you. I'm fairly confident I would agree with you. I just haven't seen that movie since yeah. it was on VHS. So. He's funny. He's charming. 
he's non-threatening. Yeah. Non-toxic All the things that I look for in a man. <laughs> a Not fox? real. No, no possibility of it ever actually being actualized. <laughs> and yeah, a fox. A foxer, yeah. Yeah. It's the perfect man. <laughs> um, is it the best Disney movie? Yeah, well, we could circle back to that. I know Nora's really partial to Sleeping Beauty. I need to watch Sleeping Beauty. Anyway, um, I like adventure movies. I like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I like um, other ones of these that I cannot think of right now, but there are more of them, and I'm just bad yeah. at... But Raiders of the Lost Ark is like, you know... Raiders of the Lost Ark is, like, defining of this genre, and also Raiders of the Lost Ark is, like, ripping off, like, a million other things, like King Solomon's Mines and all yeah. these sorts of things. Um, And no one makes these types of movies anymore. People weren't making them that much in 1990 when this came out. Um, This is, like, a pastiche of Indiana yes. Jones. I mean, the whole thing of... This is specifically a pastiche of Indiana Jones, but DuckTales, broadly speaking, is pastiche of adventure stories yeah um sometimes even going back to like more pulp fictiony stuff yes this is why i like um donald duck and scrooge mcduck comics so much because like those comics are well i mean the carl barks ones the old ones just literally are like classic you know mid-20th century adventure stories in the vein of tintin like there's no difference between, like, The Adventures of Tintin and Carl Barks' Duck Comics, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, that's why the show is the way that it is. And then the Don Rosa stuff in the 90s um, is, like, pastiches of the Carl Barks stuff. So you just... It's all that stuff. I just like that stuff. And the the Donald Duck, Scrooge McDuck, all them are just, like, an endless fount of it. And so that's where I've been living. And I watched this movie because I hadn't seen this movie since I had it on VHS at... And it holds up. It's everything I wanted it to be. Um, the animation is good because it's Disney in 1990. Um, and The Little Mermaid was a hit, but they didn't know yet that they were in the quote-unquote Disney renaissance. And so they were willing to spend a little extra money on, um, like, essentially a TV movie. This got a theatrical release, but that this yeah. is essentially a TV movie. Yeah, this is something that would be a TV movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it got a theatrical release because it was a Disney movie, um, and they put Disney money in it, but it, it's still no, you know, it didn't get the sort of backing that Beauty and the Beast would get, like, two years later, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think it's fantastic, uh, and it's an hour and 15 minutes, so if you don't like it, you didn't lose anything. <laughs> That's less than the movie that we watched <laughs> just now. But I watched more of it than yeah. the movie we watched just now. You actually finished it. <laughs> um, stairwell? There is a stairwell in the front of Scrooge's home. There's probably stairwells in the, uh, you know, um, tomb of Kali Baba, um, whose treasure they're chasing at the start. There's, there's probably stairwells. None of them made an impression. I would give this a D. It did submit an assignment, but it didn't really. There, there are episodes of the show where I feel like this, the stairwell in the front of Scrooge's home is better utilized than it is here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just think DuckTales the movie is fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I started last night after I finished um, uh, DuckTales. I started RoboCop, but um, I was like focused. I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. It's getting kind of late, but I'm going to watch this movie. And then Nora came over to talk to me for two minutes. And I was like, oh, now that my concentration's broken, I'm falling asleep. This is yeah. <laughs> so. Look forward to next time. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is your second Verhoeven. Yes, I have seen. I think I've seen Basic Instinct, or I've seen parts of Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct oh. is the. I said that weird. Is the most stairwells of his movies. I feel like, but. Uh, so along with Showgirls, but I feel like Basic Instinct is even more. In high school, I had a Spanish teacher once describe to me the plot of Basic Instinct, and she might have show she might have showed us Basic Instinct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I yeah no I know I know <laughs> uh, she had this thing where she had seen Basic Instinct in the no i know <laughs> i know i'm just i'm just i pulled up the, the I know. wikipedia page i'm just like hovering over erotic thriller just i know <laughs> she had seen basic instinct in the u.s and then went to spain to study spanish um and saw basic instinct dubbed in spanish and she, she had some sort of story about this and she definitely i definitely remember for sure her describing in a lot of detail the entire plot of Basic Instinct. That is seared in my memory. And it makes me feel like I've seen Basic Instinct, but I don't know that I have. But maybe um, I like... May, I feel like maybe I went and watched a clip of it on YouTube at some point. Yeah. I know you're partial to Basic Instinct too, right? Um, I am in the way that it's just... It's just fun let, let me just read the beginning of the plot synopsis for basic yeah. instinct 2 I remember this I was... is like why i it's not as good as the original but let me just start this out this gives you a vibe of like what this movie is and i have an enjoyment for this type of movie too set in london the film opens with american best-selling author katherine trammell in a speeding car with her companion famous english football star kevin franks Tramel takes Frank's hand and begins masturbating herself with it, simultaneously increasing her vehicle speed. But a semi, uh, the semi-unconscious Franks is seemingly unaware of what is happening. At the point of orgasm, she veers off the road and crashes into the West India docks and Canary Wharf on the Thames River. She attempts to save Franks. I don't really think that part happens. <laughs> but while being questioned later by the police, she says, when I came down to it, I guess my life was more important to me than his. The movie starts with her speeding in a car while masturbating with a man's hand and then crashing into a river and killing him. Can you this get, is the start of the fucking movie. Can you get me the plot for Basic Instinct real quick? Um, What's like, there's like a big, like gratuitous scene in here that's like famous. Is there an ice pick in this movie somewhere? Or like a, a a murder, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I had the ice pick scene described to me. Also, by the way, this is in Spanish class, so I had the ice picks. The Describe you in Sp- Yeah, I I assumed, but I guess this is good for listeners. <laughs> the entire plot of Basic Instinct, including great detail about an ice pick, described to me in Spanish at the age of seventeen. Yeah. Um, Senora Farron was great. I loved her. <laughs> Maybe we should um, bleep that out, but it's probably fine. Yeah, <laughs> she's fine. got tenure. Um, um, 
if any people who have hiring or firing powers over are listening to this podcast, you have good taste in podcasts. <laughs> <We're alone. laughs> um, do we have any other stuff to talk? If it seems like we're stalling for time before we talk about the main I movie. Am. <laughs> I wonder if there's a reason for that. This movie sucked. It really sucked. Movie fucking sucked. Um, okay. I knew what we were getting into. Um, you knew. I was like, yeah, sh- yeah, sure. I've seen these movies. I can sit through this movie. I could, um, I could not. I would have been able to finish this. I know you would have. You were fine with it. You were like <laughs> a little surprised when I was like, we're not watching this. Okay. The dude, Just the explainer here is that, so when I was in, especially like high school, um, when I was like younger in high school, I guess this would have been middle school. I think it was a little bit of after my brother was my closest in age brother, Wesley, who we, we, I said his name previously, talking about him again. He had gone to, to university, but so even when like I was in middle school and he was in high school, he would go like we would rent movies from the local, you know, VHS rental shop. Um, and they had like an extensive like curated section of like art house and blah, blah, blah and everything. Um, and there was a part where he just decided to get really deep into sexploitation because he just thought it was like, this is like a weird thing that's happening in cinema, mm-hmm. right? In this way of like, especially at that time, it was just like completely like, you couldn't just look up, you could look up porn on your computer and you'd have to wait for five minutes for like a JPEG of boobs to download, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Um, this is still not sexy, but it was still this like weird fascination of like, why were people making, making this shit? So I just watched a bunch yeah. with him. The the thing is, though, a lot of this stuff got like weirdly gl- grouped together. And so it was like, we were watching ones where it's just like, oh, here's, they're talking about like the various STDs that sailors get at sea. And then it's just like shots of like a penis with gonorrhea on it or whatever, which is extremely the vibe of this one. But then also it was like, in this milieu is we watch Mei Chin in uniform, mm. which does not really feel like sexploitation in the same way to me. Mm. Um, it's like far more like a movie with a plot and it's not, it's not so much about like, Oh, let's like look at the lurid sexuality. Um, that stuff is still being talked about, but not in like the same, like weird, there's a weird clinical tone to a lot of sexploitation stuff. Yeah. That this movie takes on yeah. for sure. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll explain. M asked, why did you pick this movie? We would just watch good movies on repertory screenings. Um, here was my thinking. Was that... Um, Criterion recently got a couple movies by Doris Wishman. Um, who And they ran this trailer for her stuff. You know, about how she's like this genius of this exploitation genre. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't really buy all that. I thought they were just hyping her up. But I was intrigued i was like i've seen i wouldn't say my fair share i wouldn't say like i am super knowledgeable about these genres but i've seen like 70s exploitation movies 70s black exploitation movies i i thought i had a sense of like what this was gonna be from that yeah and i was like oh over the top scandalous sex drama trying to get you to be like oh my god and you're um you were I was expecting like a plot. I was expecting a plot. Um, I knew that there was not going to be a plot here. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a plot, and so I was like, "Sure, 
let's watch this. And I I picked the one that was about trans people because like, oh, it'll be really funny to like point and laugh at this movie. And that part bared out for five to ten minutes. Yeah. It was funny to point and laugh. A good 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun to kind of point and laugh at this movie for 15 minutes. Right before we started watching, right before we started watching, you were like, there's going to be um, what is obviously a porno set that is being dressed up to look like a doctor's office, and a doctor is going to drably explain to you what uh being transgender is or something yeah and there's gonna be a a plethora of various degrees fake degrees on the wall behind him yes um not only did i know scope this so well <laughs> that it happened but they there were like four or five different yes. porn sets <laughs> turned into offices for this but one doctor who yeah. is always reading off cue cards and the camera is like as close to a person without touching as it can get. <laughs> yeah, so you can just really see that he's reading. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's just boring. Yeah. There was no scandal. There's just a lot of outdated terminology and a lot of outdated pop psychology Yeah. Um, about, you know, a man being imprisoned in a woman's body and, um, you know, there, there are four degrees, you know, there are you know, homosexuals, transvestites, and transsexuals, and, you know, they're a, a trans, a real transsexual, like, feels it since birth. The same sort of talking points that my mom gave me when she was disowning me. Um, yeah. you know, just, it wasn't scandalous, it was just mundane and boring and... Yeah. The, the thing is, for me is... So when I do work in, like, trans-liberationist spaces, a thing that I often have to push against is that I think there's still a, a great degree of, like, medicalization of transness that happens even within trans spaces. You could see it happen in this movie. Well, yeah, but this movie is, like, in this way that I think you could show to lots of trans people, and they're like, this feels really gross and bad, and it's like, no, but this is the root of this, and, like, I don't think there's a way to... Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a way to, like, rehabilitate this and make this into the good medical model. The model has to be demedicalizing yes. transness yes. and turning that stuff into, like, this um, stuff where it's, like, it's far more like, hey, I'm a doctor who can, like, prescribe and give you these things. But, like, I'm basically just, like, here to make sure that, like, stuff isn't going completely off the rails. And yeah. that's it. That and you're it's, not, like, it's putting not yourself like, at risk of a heart yeah. attack. Or... It's this, like, informed consent stuff of, like, I want to just make sure that you're aware of what's going to happen and what, like, the limits of this are. Mm. And you can access as much or as little of this as you want. Yeah. Um, And I'm just here to make sure that you're not, like, having severe health things where then we might want to take other measures to, like, help with those and figure out how we're going to continue to make this work. Yeah. Um, Which is, is like, what Howard Brown in chicago does yeah um and that's what i even though there's still like medical stuff that can be done that people might want to partake in it is a demedicalization of transness because being trans is not like a medical problem yeah it is like there are things that people want to do as part of it that like veer into this medical stuff and then like those doctors like go that far and no further it's just yeah. like here's like where i can help you mm -hmm. but like 
you know, they, they talk about, like, we have to find out that they're trans, like, truly transsexual before these procedures. And, like, it's all the gatekeepy stuff. Yeah. And there's no way to, like, fully rid that. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to have, like, a model of transness that is not based in any medical thing. Even, you know, um, when I was lived in St. Louis, I had a hormones doctor who was always very sweet, very, like, you know, quote-unquote accepting, like, um... Did very little gatekeeping, but still, my first visit with her, you know, she had to, like, run through, you know, she didn't ask me for, like, a letter from my therapist, but she had to run through, like, a questionnaire of, like, how long have you felt like, you know, you want to be a woman, or, you know, whatever this sort of questionnaire that, like, the state of Missouri required her to ask, or whatever, you know? Um, And, like, what Howard Brown does, part of it is, like, I think it's probably easier to do this in because other places that have this are like California where some of the stuff might be easier too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the old, like one of the oldest gay neighborhoods in the United States is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a really lengthy history of stuff here. So I think also that like some of those rights have been carved out where it's easier, but also some of it is just like, I have to like the main thing that I signed, which is the thing that said, like, I'm aware that you're prescribing these outside of like FDA yeah. regulations and everything. Yeah. And that was it. And it was like, I literally went in and I was like, yeah, I want to. I want to take hormones, and they're like, "All right, this is what it's going to do to you." Like it was like there was no yeah. like why, blah blah blah. Um, there was some conversation of like, "What do you want exactly?" Right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how much do you want to be able to take different things? Like, yeah. what do you want the balance to be? Um, I'm not going to go into like details about like genitals, but like it was stuff. It was stuff specifically about like. What do you what do you want to have happen to your body? Because mm-hmm. that like the cocktail that we're gonna mix for you of pills might be slightly different, right? Um, so, um, yeah, I um, <laughs> I always think about my doctor the the first visit I had with her, um, saying to me like, well, you know, um, because I saw you said they them on this sheet here. A lot of our patients uh, who are transitioning like this much estradiol and this much um, spironolactone, but a lot of our non-binary patients like to just cut that in half. So you could do that if you want. I'm like, cool. Great. Yeah. Weird. But yeah. all right. <laughs> I um, um, Also, I, I want to say, like, I don't know, people might have had worse experiences at Howard Brown. The doctor that I went to is non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not there anymore, but um, that was also part of it is that it just went and it was just like another trans person and they're just like, yeah, let's fucking go what do you want to do <laughs> um i um so when i was 17 maybe 16 18 something like that you had a very good beer there's <laughs> a reference to a, a song in simpsons episode oh okay <laughs> um i um we had to do this project in my english class it was like where you had to present on a controversial subject, um, we had to do a presentation for a controversial subject and like present present your own opinion on it. And I was like, I always hear people say LGBT, and I don't know what the T means at all. So I'm going to <laughs> research that because <laughs> I never knew what that was for. <laughs> and like, literally, like my first exposure to like what transness is is like reading in like you know the copies of world book at least some uh high school um well uh you know you're a uh 
man trapped in a woman's body. And then like a couple years later, as I'm starting to think things like, well, obviously that can't be me because I'm not, don't feel like I'm a man trapped in a woman's body or reverse reversed anyway. (laughs) Um, and it's just really funny to see, like, it's funny and sad, I guess, in some ways to see that exact line of thinking be this like unbroken chain that runs from 1978 to like, you know, 2014 or whenever I would have been reading this. Yeah. Um, but that is not, like, a basis for a feature-length film. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that was weird about it was there's some stuff that could change, but, like, that has changed, but, like, honestly, how little some of this stuff has changed. Yes. Like, terminology has changed, but the way that a lot of people think about this stuff hasn't. Yes. Um, people just, like, have better word, better words for it, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Which, it, to some degree, is arguable to me if you're still, like, going to the same idea yeah of this like medicalized perspective um but in the other part that was like interesting is there's some moments where especially there's the the one um trans woman who they interview the most she's like yes. from puerto rico or whatever mm-hmm. um and her in particular felt the most like just genuinely like documentary we're interviewing someone they're responding mm-hmm. um and like she was expressing like true scummy opinions about stuff and things but it was like this feels far more like just trans people that i actually know to some extent yeah she was talking about you know um one i don't we talked in the we read episode of hot singles about like i don't always want to sort of like project my labels onto people from the past because i don't know that it's like accurate but the experience she described as an early teenager sounded to me like an experience of being an intersex person, I think, because yeah. of the way she was describing, like, she had a penis, but her breasts were developing. She's describing this, and I was just like, this just doesn't sound, this doesn't reflect my reality at all, Yeah, you know, um, as a not-intersex person. And I was just like... She talked about, like, being 11 and going to, like, the school doctor, and then being like, we're not seeing the girls today. Yeah. Because she had, like, already started developing breasts. Just yeah. naturally. In a way that's, like... Okay, no. that, that's, like, something beyond... Yeah. Yeah, that's just, like, a different experience, you know? Um, like, anyway. Um, so she's, like, talking about, like, well, I had this um, doctor who was going to do the sex change operation for me, but, um, you know, normally he had all the, the other, the homosexuals and the, and, the, and the trannies, you know, coming in on, like, Thursdays, but he let me come in on Mondays with the normal people. And she's, like, espousing, like, you know, true scummy, like, bullshit. Um, and it's sad and to hear that happen, and also, um, identical to, like, people I see retweeted onto my timeline every day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there are other moments, they weren't as extensive, but where, like, there are just other trans people that would talk a little bit, and you'd be like, oh, you're, like, like, there's just the the trans guy who was just describing like the interaction with his mom and like never tell your dad or whatever mm-hmm. and then just never seeing his family again and I'm like oh this yeah this is just like a person telling their story briefly yeah um in a way that like I know but was a little bit more interesting because it was like trans people actually being able to talk yeah there was that one interview right before we ended because then he was like now let's go to the examination oh, room we should and we talk like, about Please. the examination room but um where she was clearly reading from a cue card as well. And yes. that was not a very good interview. <laughs> no. Um, I would have believed it if she said 
I would have believed that that was her story that she had, or that someone decided, we want you to read this from a cue card so that we can, like, you know, get it as, like, sort of tantalizing or whatever as possible. Yeah. I would have believed that. Yeah. Um, but it's there was still, like, a, a degree of artifice and a degree of, like, yeah. some other authorship beyond just her talking. Yeah, that, Like, for made sure. that a lot less we, interesting from a, a, like, my perspective, I guess. Can we talk about the examination room? Yeah. Yeah, we can get into, like, the really bad parts of this movie. So, 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 uh, there... And what we saw, what we saw was two examination room scenes, and then we turned it off as soon as the third one started because yeah. we couldn't fucking stand this anymore. I didn't want to watch this movie anymore. Um, it, in each of these, it's sort of like, oh look, you know, and this movie's playing like very fast and loose with like pronouns and like identifying, you know, people who would now be identified as trans feminine or you know trans women calling them male transsexuals you know yeah so like oh look his shoulders are so broad but he has a penis yeah. you know these sorts of things um yeah. uh they're all uncomfortable they're all like literally like putting like bodies on display for you to gawk at um the worst was the first the first one. one because it is one of the first and only times a black person is presented in this movie uh and yeah. so it is a white doctor um holding a baton up to a black body and being like look at the breast development look at the penis it's so like this 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 and like turning over her body and like having her it's like actual slave auction shit and it's yeah disgusting yeah it was that was like <sighs> Honestly, that was more upsetting to me than there's also shots from like an actual, uh, like, yeah, surgery. Yeah, they're like showing you, um, someone get like bottom surgery, um, in a pretty graphic scene that I had to like hide my eyes from because there's just blood and meat everywhere. Yeah. Um, the stage scene of the, the, um, the like cautionary tale or whatever of the, the like male transsexual who was so uh so like, horned up yeah well so like wanted to to rid herself of the penis that oh right that was just funny because of how fake it was yeah um, that was funny yeah but this was like an actual shot but i could handle the surgery more than this examination scene. yeah it, that was just so uncomfortable yeah um I especially because it starts with a, a comment about like um how like well spoken or like yeah, smart yeah. or something you know look at this intellectual you know young woman or something and it's like yeah. the the intellectual was just like was hit in this way of like <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah yeah you already knew it was before clothes were off and you were already like this is getting into the oh, bad yeah. slave action shit <laughs> they do they do this is this is just bad filmmaking. They do this thing where she's standing there fully clothed and then they crossfade with her naked and it just looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are you doing? Just yeah. like have her like step out and take her clothes off or something. What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that doesn't matter that much. Um there's lots of shots of anatomical drawings. Um, those were almost as bad for me as watching somebody get a surgery performed 
there's something about um, anatomical drawings, like, ever since I was, like, 10 years old taking a health class. They, oh, they gross me out so bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, which is, again, for me, it's like, this is what sexploitation films are. Yeah. They, there's, there's just such a weird um, clinical tone. This weird, which, again, like, it ties into... I think all of these sexploitation stuff has this, like, medicalized perspective mm-hmm. on sex stuff in a way that, um, I think the way that, like, popularly people can talk about lots of other things that are covered by sexploitation sometimes move out of this more medical tone. Um, and so it's one of those things, too, that's just, like, dispiriting to me that, like, there's still so many, like, even trans spaces that talk about, like, mm. trans experience as this medical thing. Well, and I think- even even if they're now not calling it like a disease that I must be cured of through surgery yeah. or whatever. They're still thinking about it in that way in a way yeah. that's like very when I'm trying to do trans liberationist work is like very Well, and I think difficult. Like, I think like I think this movie is like <laughs> sympathetic to its subjects. I think this movie yeah. is sympathetic to trans people and the thing that because of that sympathy, it's like well, we have to legitimize transness how do you yeah. legitimize transness through making it an institution uh we'll make it part of the medical institution yeah. you know like i think that's the move that this uh uh movie is making i think that this is the move that like so many trans activists have made across decades is like we have to legitimize it by making it medical and uh, that has probably done more harm than good as much harm as good you yeah. know um um, I don't yeah. really care how much, like for for all of this, like cis people still don't see transness as legitimate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I I I still, it's been a while, but I still like I had a harasser, a turf harasser. Mm. Um. Doesn't matter that you got yeah. your hormones and blah yeah. blah blah, and like she she has that whole turf thing of like the true transsexual. I mean, mm. she wouldn't say it in that term, but like there are like the few people who really truly need this. But like you know, now there's this craze of it or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And like all of it ties into the same framing, like the having this medicalized framing of transness allows that to be like a valid read that like JK Rowling can profess of like, Oh, I support trans people, the real ones. Mm. Right. Don't ask me what distinguishes them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, I can forever narrow what is like legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in trying to be like sympathetic, this film is also deeply, deeply like pater- uh, paternalizing about it. Yes, for sure. Um, in a way that was just yeah, and it was we we looked and we're like this movie is so long and there's still a half hour left and I was just that was the thing that broke my spirit was that I was like because I knew it was I bet we missed a wild sex scene at the end it was an hour into eighteen minutes I knew in my heart I was like it can't be that much longer there's got to be like what fifteen minutes left and you looked and there was thirty minutes left and something inside me broke I couldn't finish it. I couldn't yeah. finish it. We watched another five minutes after that. I bet we should like forward through after this, or yeah. like if anyone actually watched this entire movie and wants to report in, let me know. I I bet 
that there's a weird sex scene where they like do weird film processing at some point. Yeah. Just having seen enough of these, I bet that happens. Um, emails? Yeah. If you have not watched this movie for this podcast, don't. <laughs> um, so if you want an interesting movie about trans people, we're going to watch Funeral Parade of Roses next week. And that's actually a yeah. interest. There's still like some, some slightly like, eh, right. There's some stuff that's slightly problematic in it, but it, it is far more a movie that trans people are like actively participating in making. Um, I'm going to work backwards through the questions. Okay. You're going to save the best for last. I'm going to save the best for last. I know that Zhuo sent something in and specifically was like, there's like ha-ha funny around this, but I don't get to know until it happens. So that's why we're doing it this way. Aiden emails just to say that Benedetta was really good. I'm excited. I was going to watch Robocop yeah. because everybody's talking about Benedetta. We could go see it. But I am waiting to get my booster shot before I'm... Once I have my booster shot and it's been, like, whatever it is, like, two weeks, um, yeah. then I will m go see movies at the music box. And maybe if Benedetta is still playing at that point, I'll do that. But until that time, I'm not even worried about it. We missed Chess of the Wind because, um, uh, because we just decided it was not a good idea to be seeing movies in theaters and chess of the wind. I've been excited about for months. Um, trying to, I'm trying to look up right now. Um, Cause one of the things is like some of the stuff too, I'm kind of fine seeing later mm -hmm. chess of the wind. I was excited about seeing like on a big screen. Cause yeah, it's just like this exciting thing. Um, and then licorice pizza is going to try and see on 70 millimeter, which is yeah. just like, Blu-ray can't touch that. Yeah, it's seventy millimeter. Yeah, but if if Benedetta isn't showing in seventy millimeter, then like I'll yeah. be fine seeing that at home. I'm excited, but I don't need to see it. You know, yeah. they're not like big a big promo here of what it is. I'm sure I could find it, but I'm sure it if it was in seventy, they would say it in a yeah. million places. Um, um, we honestly, so we we um bought like uh memberships to the music box theater in chicago for the whole year um even if we don't see one movie it'll have been worth it to me just to support the music box um especially yeah. with people protesting benedetta all week <laughs> <laughs> people should go check out um the music box's twitter it's just been like people have been standing outside protesting that movie all week yeah <laughs> um yeah i'm definitely gonna watch it at some point i'm yeah. i'm i'm fine not seeing it in theaters um I do want to try and go to more stuff yeah. with it, but yeah. it's COVID's weird. The other thing that we talked about this off air, but I think it's good to say on the podcast too, is that like you also now live in Chicago. It's very easy for us to go see like mm -hmm. movies that are hard for people to see, even if you are going to the theater, if you don't live in like a big city like Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. That just doesn't get some of this like art house stuff. Yeah. And so. I think our general policy is going to be like, we'll probably briefly talk about it. Mm -hmm. If we see thumbs it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, like, this is, like, very broadly what we thought of it. Um, and then probably rate the stairwell. Mm -hmm. And then just move on, because we don't want to be one of those podcasts where it's like, we're trying to, like, keep up on all the new stuff and hear stuff that people, like, can't watch, but we're going to talk about it at length. Like, well, and, and, you know, as a person, you know, who's 
was in my peak of film years, living in a place where I couldn't see a lot of that stuff, would just see everybody like, oh, I just went to, you know, the Toronto International Film Festival and saw all these movies that you, Autumn, are not going to be able to see for eight months, and I'm going to tell you how amazing they are for the next eight months, so you get tired of them by the time you see them. I don't want to do that to anybody else. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, if we were able to, I want to go see Licorice Pizza. When we talk about the when we talk about it on the podcast, briefly touch on it, and then maybe we can circle back to it once it's gotten a home video release. But like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to go yeah. too in depth on anything that we see that like listeners potentially have not been able to see. Yeah, uh, one of our friends jokingly suggested, and I think I'll just follow this rule of thumb: is there a good not cam rip torrent of it? Yes, then we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my one exception is like some of the really weird, obscure stuff that's not like. Oh, I was able to see this because I saw it in the theater, but like, no, I just have the the DVD from Iceland of this movie. Yeah, that's um, different. <laughs> also, because in those cases, there's usually not any sort of home release and there probably isn't going to be. Yeah. And I kind of feel comfortable just like doing my own cheap rip of it and being like, just hit me up if you want to maybe. Yeah. If, if you wanted you to know, watch Himari no, no legal more, way you know, to Shimato. buy a DVD of it. I can tell you where to buy a DVD because I have a DVD. I'll tell you where to buy a DVD of Ibari no Mori no Ishimatsu. Um, Rick asks, have you- I only rip it so that I can do it on my TV without having yeah. to yeah, get yeah. out my all-region DVD player. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Rick asks, have either of you ever walked out of a movie in the theater? Do you remember which one? I tend to be one of those stubborn people that once I have paid to watch a movie, I will watch the whole movie. I do not feel the same way. I will walk out of a movie for literally anything. I don't care if you charge me $25 for it. I will walk the fuck out. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I will... I will often try and see something through unless I can really tell that I'm not going to leave. Like, I was fully prepared to walk out of Napoleon Dynamite, the mm-hmm. one that I returned to because I hate it so fucking much. But there are other ones that we walked out of. But the big thing is that a lot of the... The months that this happened the most was when I was going with David Sly because we would just go to whatever was showing. It was mm-hmm. just like every other weekend we would go to see a movie or something. And so usually, like, if we didn't like it, we would just walk out into another theater. Yeah. <laughs> I um I walked out of Transformers 2 because that movie sucks. Um, I was with a group of, like, six friends. And I just looked at my other six friends who were there and I was like, I'm done. This movie sucks. And they're like, you're not having a great time? I was like, No. I'm calling my dad. I'm going home. I couldn't even <laughs> drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Transformers Two. I would have walked out of uh, Joker, but Nora was with me, and there was Nora is not going to walk out of the movie. No, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. Nora will. So I, at one point during Joker, just stood up and like walked around the theater for a little bit, refilled my water twice. The guy working in the theater asked me, like, "What are you doing?" And I was like. I'm watching Joker, and my wife doesn't want to leave, but I hate it. <laughs> um, I walked out of... When I was... I could tell you what year this was. This is a funny one. Um, um, while you're looking this up, I'll say... One of the other things is that, at a certain point, most of the movies I would just be going with uh, Emily, and then if it was bad, we would just make out, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is how I got through many bad movies in um high school. Yeah. 2007, so I would have been 11 years old. Um, that's how I made it through the Fabulous Four movie. Um, Fabulous Four. 
whatever. Fantastic Four? Fantastic Four. I was like... I'm not a comics person. I I'm just a, I'm a all comics person. I'm a like, weird queer comics person. I yeah, yeah, I know. We went, and it was like... It was it was fine. We made out throughout most of it. I don't remember most of it. Um, like, I could turn on to fire. I remember that. <laughs> so, when I was 11 years old, um, my dad... I wanted to go see I Am Legend. Because I was 11 years old, and that was the Will Smith movie. And my dad didn't want to go see I Am Legend. So my dad sent an 11-year-old by themselves into see I Am Legend while he went to go see Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which is a fake biopic. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It seems pretty funny. All my friends say that movie's really funny. I was 19 when these movies came out, so I remember them. (laughs) (laughs) I thought specifically the dog dying was too scary. I got very scared because once again, I was 11 (laughs) and alone. Yeah. (laughs) And I walked out of I Am Legend because I got too scared. And then I had to sit in a big empty theater by myself waiting for my dad to get out of walk hard. (laughs) sometimes i tell stories about my dad and i'm just like why was he like that (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i'm sorry that happened to you (laughs) anyway sorry um yeah that's the funniest story i have of walking out of a movie walk out of a movie if it sucks yeah walk into another movie if you feel brave enough yeah it's hard to do that now that places have assigned seating, you know? <gasps> anyway, uh, Marin asks, um, I haven't had time to watch this movie, uh, but based on Nia's tweet, um, oh, this is a tweet about uh, touch of eeriness. Skin, oh, yeah. Not about let me die a woman. Um, uh, Marin, don't watch this movie. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, Based on uh, Nia's er, tweet, um, what are some great scenes with people being gay by getting as close as possible without touching? Because that is incredibly gay. Um, well, watch Touching the Skin of Eeriness. Yeah. It's got a lot of great scenes of that. Rebels is the thing I got, I feel like, has some good moments of this. Um... I would say the... Those boys sit very close on the bed while the girl wants to be fucked and watch the porno together. They do. <laughs> so so maybe this is going to change through the rest of the series. I'm going to find out in the very near future. Um, but the first 13 episodes-ish of Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant, I think, are rife with this. Just yeah. resplendent with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? I feel like this is like our wheelhouse and I'm just not thinking of anything. Yeah. I think the thing is that like this happens in a lot of stuff that we would be like, oh, it's gay. Mm-hmm. Um, Battles without. I mean, there's the part where they, they touch themselves and drink their own like each other's blood yeah but then they spend the rest of that movie being very close but being unable to touch Mm -hmm. not even not even like they do do that yeah 
there's that scene afterwards where one of them gets out of prison, the other one's still in prison, and then they're talking through the the like you know the little prison thing that has like the glass and it's got like the the wires over it and they're like one of them like even like kind of puts his hand on the glass movie's so fucking gay oh classic of the genre star trek 2 the wrath of khan yeah (laughs) um classic of the genre yeah um, he quotes uh, A Tale of Two Cities at the end. The movie's great. The movie is really good. <laughs> you own it on Betamax, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the only way to watch that movie, in my opinion. You don't even own a beta player. Another another great moment. I'm thinking of this because it's from my my favorite um, movie. Best movie ever made. Son of Tine. Is the part where um, there's the there's just the two boys, and one there's the part where they both shower together in the rain. Uh huh. That's that's this. <clears throat> but then the big one that I'm thinking of is the one where they're they're both inside the like little house dur- during the vacation time, oh, and one of them yeah. takes a little like oh yeah Ultraman or whatever, yep. and then kisses yep. the cheek of the other one with it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Because that is even that is even a kiss where you're not touching. But you're you're getting as close as you can to touch and kissing. Can I show you Joe's email? Okay. Joe <laughs> has made us a bingo card. I have not read what's on the bingo card yet, so okay. we're gonna do this together. Yeah, we'll go top left to top right, and then go down. We'll like we'll like sneak. Oh, or, I would, or... just reading order. I think. Okay. There, there's 16 squares in this grid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nothing happens in this movie. You know what? We'll do this for Let Me Die a Woman. <laughs> I would say that nothing happens in this movie. Yeah. Um, this movie is the best movie ever made. Nope, nope. not for this. Not for this one. <laughs> um, the podcast outro gets too long winded, and they need to <laughs> rushly say Okakoro is real. Uh, um, remains to be seen, but maybe not. We'll see. Um, here's the thing about this movie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, which one of us says that both of us yeah i don't know (laughs) now i'm like self-conscious about this um reminder that you need to listen to bella go see is dead every time that's true yeah if you don't listen to all 10 minutes you're a homophobe yeah (laughs) also when i edit i usually put in a little fun surprise at the end Mm -hmm. um you don't do it but i do it it's a little reward for all the non-homophobes in the audience (laughs) I could start doing that. I just never yeah. thought to until you started editing. Um, two guys put a woman between them because they can't fuck each other. Yeah, that's all the time. <laughs> that's every movie. That's all of our movies. We love that. Um, <laughs> Autumn and Neve notice minute sentence that they are saying something that sounds like a parody of themselves. Yeah, that's most sentences that we say. Yeah. Uh, the movie is gay. Movie's gay. Um... I feel like we're not getting bingo this one. No. Well, we did do a reminder that you need to wa- listen to Bella Lugosi's Dead every time, so yeah. we could be correct. Yeah. Uh, the Future Twin Peaks podcast is mentioned. Well, by saying this, that that bingo became true. Yeah. Um. I don't. I think my main plan for this, we'll see, we'll play it by ear, but it's probably after Bag End. Yeah. Is when we would try to do it. Yeah. I feel like Bag End, um, which is gonna run. It's gonna run almost exactly a year, I think. So like. 
look forward to 2023 is what I can tell you about the Twin Peaks podcast. The other thing is, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast, Connor and I are starting, it's going to be like a very short one because we just want one that we can just like goof off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And we might even record it sometimes before we do um, Ghost Divers and then maybe there'll be a little bit less of the the post-credit chat, but what we're going to do is we're going to read a little... You have to unlock it. We're going to read a little bit of... It's going to be like the amount that would be published in um, the actual like weekly uh, magazine Jump. in... I forget which magazine yeah, it was, whatever. but whatever weekly one in Japan. So it's not going to be like a chapter. It'll usually be like two. Um, but we're going to read that from the Grohai manga mm-hmm. every week um, or most weeks and then talk about it. Yeah. Um, and mostly just goof off and and have one where we don't have to like go in being like I have a bunch of important things to say. I like read theory for this podcast. We can just go in and be like, "Damn, Crow High's funny." <laughs> we both love Crow High a lot. Um, so I kind of want to see how much that how much work that's going to be too before we do. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, the gang talks shit about the MCU or the French, the MCU of its time. <laughs> That's editorializing. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. The thing with MCU is just that, like, it is ruining filmmaking broadly. Mm-hmm. It's, like, ruining how films are made in America. Yes. Like, if I could just ignore it and it wasn't changing the way that, like, all films are being made in America, I would, I would be less ornery about it. That's the thing, is that, like... It's it's super easy. It's super easy to not care about the MCU. Yeah, I haven't watched an MCU movie in years. I just don't care. I just don't care. I don't tweet about them. I don't care. The 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 problem is that it is no one makes movies that I want to watch anymore because everybody is busy making movies like these. If people were just making good movies still. I wouldn't give a single solitary shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. And on the French, the, we we have fun hitting on French movies in a way yeah. that's not actually fully genuine. Yeah, that is mostly a bit. Yeah. Except every time I talk about Jean Luc Godard, that's not a bit. I'll fight that man in the street. <laughs> <laughs> um. Or when I talk about specifically Alphaville. Yeah. A movie that I hate so much. <laughs> Um, the Grand Music Box Conspiracy. I feel like this comes up more often on my locked Twitter account than the actual podcast. Yeah. Um, there have been many times that we have done a movie on the podcast, and then, like, a month or, like, six weeks later, they're like, we're gonna do one screening of this movie at the Music Box. And I have this, I have this conspiracy theory that there's someone at the Music Box who started listening to Ornate Stairwells after I mentioned them enough times. First of all, first of all, someone who works at the Music Box requested my locked account. If you're listening to this podcast, and I think you might be, I genuinely think you might be, don't do that. It's weird. <laughs> Two. Is that the same person who requested mine? It might I be. Be, I bet it is. Um, um, it says mutuals can request on my bio. So y- you can see that before you request, and you can know I'm not a mutual with her on Twitter. I'm not going to request that. Yeah. Anyway, beside the point, um, what the fuck was I talking about? I did not buy into the Grand Music Box conspiracy. I thought you were not exaggerating. I thought you were like doing a bit for fun. Yeah. I thought we were all having fun here. 
And then they showed Suicide Circle, a movie that I'm positive no one but you has thought about in 15 years. And yeah. that's when I was like, is this real? Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they were specifically like, hey, people really enjoyed that drive-in that we did. So we're going to start doing it. But like, just like one movie a month. And the first one we're going to do is Suicide Circle. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. That's when I started buying into the Music Box Conspiracy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hideaki Anno, the first auteur to be featured twice on the pod, is mentioned. God damn it, Joe. We did mention. God damn it, Joe. I, I said the words AT Fields on this podcast. <sighs> <laughs> oh, they fucking. So, te- so technically, actually, we've gotten the bingo with these four. That road yeah. that we just did. Yeah, the, the Twin Peaks to um, Anno. We just got that. Uh, yeah, but talking about the bingo forced it kind of a little bit. Yeah. Oh, they fucking <laughs> um that that that's like a free space. You can get that for free. Yeah, I guess kind of we got the bingo there. Yeah. Although actually, I don't think they fucking in this movie. I no, no one's fucking in this movie. There are yeah. scenes where people might actually have actual sex with each other, and they not fucking. But. You did mention, um, I, I, the words are all twisted around in my brain. What is it called? The skin of eeriness. The touch of the oh, eeriness yeah. of the skin. Yeah. Oh, they, they fucking in that movie. <laughs> they fucking. Um, I'm just gonna, this is like an image from the end. I'm not gonna give more context from it. There's a part where a character puts their hand over the other character's mouth. I'm not saying which characters there are. These are. Puts their hand over their mouth and then goes and bites the back of their own hand and like has like blood running down. And then the other character does it back. And that is so fucking gay. Anyway. Um, um, Neve sighs when realizing how much younger autumn is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that happened in this episode at some point. I said, uh, I am legend came out when I was 11. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lem is being a jerk. We got that. Ollie plus was Ollie. being a jerk. <laughs> Ollie was being a bigger jerk, honestly. At some point, we're going to record these at, at, at my place once I get a nicer TV, um, just to, like, partially just to avoid the cats, partially to give, uh... Emily. Okay, I was yeah. like, can we say her name on the podcast? <laughs> I say Emily's name all the time. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Emily's name is in the spreadsheet. I, okay, yeah. I just had a spaced out moment where I was like, can we say Emily's name? It's my toddler's name that we can't say. Yeah, yeah, I knew that part. Anyway, yeah, to just like give Emily the TV back, we're gonna go record these at my place. Uh, whenever I have a TV that yeah. we want to watch, we might sometimes on. still also record here if like yeah. we're gonna annoy Nora too much. Yeah, you know, like if Nora's like doing a D and D night. Yeah. Anyway, the gang laughs at silly academic essays. We don't do one. that as much <laughs> as we used to. Yeah, I've been trying to get back into it. Um. I didn't know if I really wanted to do it with this one. I can do live on the pod and just like do my scholar.google.com. While you do this, I want to issue an apology to Kim specifically. Um, I think Kim listens, doesn't she? I think so. Yeah. Maybe not to every episode all the time. Like, um, super timely. But uh, Kim, a friend of ours, birthday this week. Um, happy birthday, Kim. Happy birthday, Kim. Um, there was a moment where we were pulling up this movie 
And I thought they'd, like, taken it off the collection because we couldn't find it for a second. And you found it, but right before you found it, I was like, what if we called an Audible and watched Kim's favorite movie for her birthday this week and we watched The Young Rebels? God, we fucking should have. We should have watched The Young Rebels. We should have watched The Young Rebels. And I want to apologize to Kim specifically for You're not doing that. You're also going to apologize to me? No. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I only found one. Is this even related to the movie? Try Dora Swishman in Google Scholar. I'm just... Let me go back. Um, I don't think you're going to find anything. Yeah. Sometimes it'll, it'll give you text from the actual article. So yeah, here... Oh, had Doris Wishman only not gotten there first with the title of a notorious 1977 transplantation quasi-documentary, or else the perfect subtitle for Thompson's film would have been Let Me Die a Woman. So, very briefly mentioned, apparently, yeah. in the context of this article, um, dying a woman with dignity, becoming Colleen, and late-life gender transition. This sounds bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe it's from August 2019, and it still kind of feels bad. Yeah. Anyway, it's just not as fun to laugh about these articles as it is some other ones. No. Um, that's it for questions. Thank you, everybody, for coming through last minute with the questions. Joe had yeah. sent that a while back, but thank you, everybody else who like really came through, uh, just at the last possible second. Yeah. Um. If we hadn't drawn out the three movies, the like two, two and a half, really, if you're counting my movie, I feel like it's not a full movie. Oh, I could have padded. I, yeah. I mean, I was padding. We could have, yeah, but we could have padded more. But like, if we hadn't pulled that out further, just to like delay having to talk about Let Me Die a Woman and then didn't have questions, this would have been like a half hour podcast. This, Easy. This, this podcast being 90 minutes is as egregious as every RPG on the PS2 being the length that it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're basically making Persona 4 right now. I like that game. <laughs> We're basically making Persona 3 right now. Fuck that game. <laughs> Fuck that game. It's not even good. Where could people uh, go on Twitter to find your opinions about Persona 3? Uh, I actually don't post those very often on at Fox Mom Nia, so... Do you um, have an account where you do post about Persona? I post them on my locked account, but don't request that unless you're somebody who you think I would be comfortable telling the name of my toddler to, even though I don't even post it on that account. Yeah. That's still my metric. Yeah. Is, like, if I would be comfortable with that person knowing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, anyway. I was trying to prompt you to plug your Juness. Uh, oh, yeah. People can also go to at your Juness. Yeah. A project that you will not be continuing in 2022, but... Uh, Remains to be seen. <laughs> Remains to be seen. Um, really, the big thing is, is just that Persona 5 is long. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's just more per day. It's mm-hmm. very easy when I, like, log in and, like, do one day. And I just, like, do suspend. Because what else the fuck am I playing on my Vita? Um you know? But yeah, Persona 5 is on your PS4, which is like a different thing. Yeah, you can't just like suspend it where it is. Yeah. And uh, and pers- the PS3 and also, doesn't suspend just the same way. way more way. text in it. Yeah. So. And also, part of me feels like I would, the lazy answer would be I would actually just stream it. 
mm. rather than trying to do screenshots and do tweets like I used to do. Um, but then I don't want to have to talk, so it would just be video of me playing a day. Mm-hmm. I don't know how exciting that is. Yeah. But I'm figuring it out. I might still try and do it. Anyway. My next chance to be able to do it is, like, many years from now. You find me on Twitter, at Autumnal underscore coffee. All my other podcasts at exportodd.io. That's the Patreon. It's got links to everything there. Gotham City Limits, Bag End Book Club, Hot Singles, Pop Funk, Export Audio. If you So if you give us a dollar on the Patreon, um, you will get access to a lot of our shows early. Not everything, but like most things early. Um, and also that'll be nice because it'll be like one feed where everything is in. I, I know a lot of people like just having the one feed that almost all our stuff is in. Um, and the other thing is if you give us $5 a month, you will get Pop Town Funk, which will be coming out on the 7th and the 21st of each month. First episode about the Princess Bride will be free for everybody just to give you a taste of what it is. Um, that'll probably go in the export feed in addition to the Patreon feed. Um, and then, yeah, beyond that, $5 patrons, Pop Town Funk, a podcast that will probably involve a lot of suffering, um, and probably a lot of dumb segments, like Funko reviews, and thinking about Rick and Morty. Can't believe that you're doing a Funko Pop podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Nora is trying to convince me that if we get um, any Rick and Morty Funkos, we should listen to an episode of Harmontown, which is so much worse than watching a 20-minute episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is it gonna be, like, if you get, like, the Pickle Rick? I don't even know if there's Pickle Rick Funko Bob. There is. So if you get that, are you gonna watch the Pickle Rick episode? So this is, like, you... a question that I think Nora and I are gonna figure out on a case-by-case basis. I would say yes. But, like, we've thought of... We spent the whole morning, like, debating, like, well, if we got this, what would we do? And the, like, if we got Goldhand Jamie Lannister, I'm not going to jump to, like, I don't know anything about Game of Thrones, but I'm not going to jump to season four of Game of Thrones just to see an episode of Jamie, Hannis- Jamie Lannister with a golden hand. But if we got Pickle Rick, we should probably just watch the Pickle Rick episode. You yeah. Know? Like, case by case basis. You know, Nora wants to. If we get Spider-Man to de- to to DQ all of their Spider-Mans, and I would dispute that because like there are Funkos of like Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, and there are Funkos of Tom Holland Spider-Man, and those would necessitate watching different movies. So you yeah. know, case by case basis. Yeah. Um, the real kicker about this, I feel like the bigger thing is like. If you just did a Spider-Man, even if it's a very different Spider-Man, you'd still be like. Let's pick another one today. But after like a few months, you might go like, oh, we had a different Spider-Man. Let's do a different Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you would love to watch any Spider-Man. Yeah. You would hate to re-roll it and then get big. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, 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 the real thing that I think is going to be challenging. Could you go to popfinals.com for me? Um, just a sec. I'm looking up another important thing. Oh. Um. Okay. So you could theoretically get the Pusheen Funko Pop. This is the other thing, is that there are Funko Pops that are, like, don't have any sort of attached media property, in which case... There are Pusheen animations, okay. and it would be a very short watch. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Um, 
The, but there, there are some Funkos that don't have any sort of attached yeah. like media what, property. What Funko nonsense am I going to? Popvinyls.com. Popvinyls.com. Yeah. And up at the top, it's gonna have pop checklists. Click that. I hate everything that you're <laughs> saying to me. <laughs> um, and then this hyperlink up at the top. Click here to tour Pop Vinyls series photos page. Right there. So here's the real kicker with this podcast, is that they're split into 49 categories, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a large number of these are owned by Disney. Well, so that's one thing, right? Is that you've got Marvel, Star Wars, and Disney as three separate categories. That's one thing. That's tolerable when you consider the fact that there's like a 3 in 49 chance that you're getting Disney stuff just from that, that yeah. corner right there. But there's also like a 1 in 49 chance that you get sports or a 1 in 49 chance you are equally likely to watch a Marvel movie as an episode of South Park yeah, or an episode of Sesame Street or My Little Pony. My Little Pony might be what breaks me. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I will I'm watch. just laughing at the category of books here. Yeah. Click books. Books. Game of Thrones is not books. We're as likely to watch a Marvel movie as we are to watch, like, a documentary about the royal family. Cthulhu. There's so much Cthulhu shit. See, like, if you got... This is also racist. Yeah, if you got Cthulhu, and you got nerd Cthulhu... (laughs) Like, Noro says if we get Cthulhu, we need to disqualify glow-in-the-dark Cthulhu, gold Cthulhu, patina Cthulhu, nerd Cthulhu, dark green Cthulhu. Yeah. That's Nora's argument, and I think she might have something there. I think so. Um, um, unless there's, like, a very specific nerd Cthulhu property that I'm unaware of. Yeah. Besides all Cthulhu. Well, yeah. Oh, for... look, we're, there's a 1 in 49 chance of getting Pusheen. Yeah. Um, you say that's so weird. I thought I said... I... Pusheen? How do you push, say Push. Pusheen. Okay, I... I guess so, I say how I've always said it. is actually, so it's spelled into a phonetic, like, English way. Um, no, not poison. Um, anyway, there's a, the Irish word hmm. for cat is pusheen. Hmm. Um, um, so yeah, there's like. And it's like, it's like, um, ocean and things. Th- this whole page, I think, is going to be problematic what? for us. What is Towns? <laughs> I was looking at that. Do you want to click it? What is Towns? We're stealing Patreon content right now. But um, this whole page is problematic for me because, like... We're just we're just doing a, a promo for the $5 yeah. level. But, Who like... Who should subscribe to? Scooby-Doo and Haunted Mansion. SpongeBob with Gary and Pineapple House. So it's like you get a normal Funko Pop, plus not like Batman and the Hall of Justice. You'd like that one. Yeah. But, but, I would hate all of these because I hate the looks <laughs> of Funko Pops. Even the Pusheen Funko Pop is awful. So what I really want is a spreadsheet that has all 8,000 Funkos in one spreadsheet so that I'm not giving myself this like 1 in 49 chance of like... So you're gonna like do a random number generator one through forty nine? Yeah, because there's no, there's no, as far as I can tell, there's no spreadsheet that contains all Funkos forever. There's there's no way you can just click like give me a random Funko. Um, not as far as I know. Um, 
Well, you know what you need to do. This is what I would do. I'm not doing. Is make a spreadsheet of every known Funko Pop. I'm not doing that. That is eight thousand, um, like little pieces of data entry. And if if they want that, they can pay me for it. Because that's a valuable resource that I would be producing for Funko and sharing with the public. That would take me a lot of labor hours. Um, that would not be fun labor hours. Here's the other now, thing. I just want to point out. Yeah. If you got Game of Thrones up here, right? Yeah. You scroll down here. You got icons. Yeah, click on who's icons. Who's that? Who's that? Who's That's that George man R. R. Martin. Right That's George R. R. Martin. Click on icons. Let's look at who's under icons. Who's that? Who's that wizardy man? Uh, we've got George R. R. Martin, Doctor Seuss, Stan Lee, Rosie the Riveter, George Washington, Colonel Sanders. Um, there's also Pop the Vote. I don't know if he. I don't know if you saw that one. We have stuff picked out for Pop the Vote. Um, I don't want to. I want to spoil that. Um. There's three Funkos in this one. Uh, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and Bernie Sanders. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and we were as likely to pick that as, as a Marvel movie. <laughs> as, yeah. <laughs> Watching a Marvel movie, comparatively, not so bad. <laughs> yeah. Stan Lee is in yeah. Icons, but also has his own entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Excelsior Stan Lee. I guess True if, Believer Stan Lee. Enough said Stan Lee. Super Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Stan Lee. I guess if we get Stan Lee, we're just watching Marvel movies, right? Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Red Shoes Stan Lee. Oh. Stan Lee. Superhero Stan Lee. Kamikaze Superhero Stan Lee. Gold superhero Stanley, platinum Stanley. Yeah. So yeah, we need to. There's some quirks that need to be ironed out in Pop Town Funk. If any <laughs> listeners, oh Christ, there's drag queens on here. Have fun watching Drag Race. Uh, oh, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! I don't want to watch Drag Race. I used to work with three cis gay men. Which meant that I knew what happened in every single episode of Drag Race <laughs> for years without me having ever in my life watched Drag Race. I just, the, the, the night crew for a little while was me and three cis gay men, which just meant that you just dab, 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 drag race this, drag race that all, all fucking day. Every day. It's like they put out an episode every six minutes that needed discussing. <laughs> um, the the Pride Alliance ERG at the company I work for. Um, oh, I thought you were saying there was a Pride Alliance no. drag race Funko on the screen that I had missed. No. Um, a bunch of people love RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, I'm sure. And so they're going to do an entire dedicated channel where people can talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, thank God. And you know people thought I'd be down for that. Um, this is this was literally, like, the basis of, like, I had to, like, file a complaint with my manager at one point for transphobia. And part of it was, like, hey, this supervisor of mine keeps telling me you're trans, you should like RuPaul's Drag Race, and I think that's a little offensive that he said yeah. this to me on multiple occasions. Can you please speak to him about this? Um, 
just not that kind of gay. No. I have taste. Yeah. Um, I watch bad 70s movies. I like I like the drag stuff that isn't like weird and commodified for cis audiences. Imagine. Anyway, are we done? This is way too fucking long for Let Me Die a Woman. Most of this has not been Let Me Die a Woman, but... No. Any other categories of Funkos you want to know more about? No. Nora and I became somewhat of experts uh, while doing some research for this no. podcast, but... um. The thing I only very recently learned is that there are other things beyond Pops that are within the Funko. Yeah, that's the other thing. Brands. Well, so, here's the other thing. Click Pop Checklists, right? Because this was promising for me. Click, click like Marvel real quick. So this is this is a PDF that has a checklist of all the Funkos, right? And you would think this would be great for us. This is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. But none of these have been updated since 2019. So even if I used these, I would need to go and track down every Funko that has been released since 2019 and add it to these lists. And then I would need to number these lists. And then I would need to combine all of these lists into one PDF that I could get a random number from. What are you pulling up? This is terrible. <laughs> Don't do this. This is, this is Pondering Pluton. Saji Shira Taro and Hachimitsu Boy. I already did this. Yeah. I already did this spreadsheet. Well, if you, saying... want to do, if you want to do a spreadsheet that has 8,000 Funko Pops in it, you can go right on ahead. I'm not doing that. Yeah. We'll just iron it out. This off. only has 309 entries. The other thing, and do, okay. Listeners, don't listen to this part. You come back when you hear Okafor is real, but don't listen to this part. There aren't any fucking cops listening. If, if Nora and I roll and we get sesame street character and we're like i don't want to watch sesame street today we can re-roll we can just start a new recording and be like ah we got pickle rick (laughs) yeah (laughs) is okakora real yeah i think okakora was real
Mexico Soda. Refreshingly fun for the whole family. Comes in a variety of mouth-watering figures. Collect one or collect them all. Funko Soda is not a beverage. Collect responsibly. Everett, Washington.